You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. Make sure today, guys, if you haven't already done so, sign up for a brand new account at MyBookie. Use that promo code UGA when you do, and MyBookie's going to hook you guys up with up to $200 in cash added straight to your deposit. No strings attached. It's easy. All you got to do is make a deposit, and then once you bet that deposit, that cash that's released to your account will be ready for you guys to be able to withdraw it to do whatever you want with it. So make sure to jump on in today, guys, and bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So today was slated to be the mailbag episode where we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about the SEC Championship game, some things that we did not get to discuss that we did not quite get a chance to discuss on the recap episode, and also digging in a little bit to the Peach Bowl in that matchup against Ohio State. And that's coming, guys. We will get to that mailbag episode. We have a lot of questions we want to make sure we answer. But I told Charlie to hold off on that for today because, in case you didn't hear, boys and girls, we got us a Georgia boy going to New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. That is correct, unless you've been living under a rock Stetson Bennett, our guy, quarterback Stetson Bennett, has been officially named a Heisman Trophy finalist, the first for Georgia since Garrison Hurst. What an underrated player Garrison Hurst was also, by the way, but the first since Garrison Hurst in 1992. And guys, I don't know about you. I don't want to speak for anyone else out there. I don't want to speak for Curtis. I don't want to speak for Charlie. I can just tell you me personally, I am over the top excited about it. I had a smile on my face all night last night. I was I knew the name was going to, were going to be released between 5 and 7, so I was constantly clicking refresh on social media, all the different social media apps out there, just trying to see is Stetson going to get a chance to go to New York. I thought there was maybe an outside shot. I didn't know. I was hopeful after his performance against LSU in the SEC Championship game. I kept checking and checking and checking and checking, and then finally, boom, it hits. Stetson Bennett officially named as a Heisman Trophy finalist, gets that coveted trip to New York. And guys, I seriously, I am legitimately overjoyed for Stetson, really more than anything else. I'm just so happy for Stetson. I'm also very excited for our program. This is huge for our program because we haven't had it since 1992. But Stetson, guys, like I cannot 
truly express to you how excited I am for this guy. He has earned this. And I am a sucker for seeing good things happen to people who work for it, who earn it. And that is a thousand percent what is happening here with Stetson Bennett. To be entirely honest with you guys, I, over the years, have largely stopped caring about the Heisman because really of what it's become, it's just become a very stat-driven award. It's never really about the best player. If it was, last year, Will Anderson would have won. I believe in 2017, as good as Baker Mayfield was, as great as he was, if the best player in the country won the award. I thought Roquan Smith was the best player in the country. Now, I know I'm biased, but and I watched him every single week. I thought Roquan was that kind of dude. I mean, hell, this year, I think you can make the argument a healthy Jalen Carter is the best player in America. So it's not about that. It's not about who means the most to his team. It's become largely over the years about who has the best stats on one of the better teams in the country. And I, I think it's been an, become an award that's voted on by people who don't actually watch all the games or really truly understand football on anything more than just a, a very rudimentary base level. So I really have not watched or actively pay attention to the Heisman for years. I am not exaggerating, guys. I, I cannot remember the last time I actually laid eyes on on a live Heisman Trophy ceremony. I mean, going back to, I'm talking like middle school, high, probably probably high school, I might have caught a little bit of it. But in my adult life, I, got, I can honestly tell you, I have never actively watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony, not live. And I haven't actively saw out like who won. I, I kind of find out in passing, you know, you watch, you're, you're going to be watching ESPN and the names will pop up and you see it. But I haven't actively saw it out because I really just have lost interest. I just, I, I haven't cared to be entirely honest with you. But saying that, I can promise you, I will be tuned in with bated breath on Saturday night. I'm going to be excited. I'm still excited right now. I still have a smile on my face, man. It's just put me in an incredible mood because I'm so happy for Stetson. And it's not because I think Stetson is going to win. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to completely write him off. I think it's extraordinarily unlikely at this point. I think Caleb Williams is probably going to be the guy that's going to get it. And that's okay. That's fine. I'm under no illusions. I'm not getting my hopes up. I understand that there are still too many stat-driven voters out there. But that's not even really the point for me. I, I would love to see Stetson. Win it. I mean, I would just be over the moon if Stetson Bennett won this award. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's highly, highly unlikely. But that's not really why I'm going to be tuned in watching this with so much anticipation. I'm going to be watching because I want to see Stetson Bennett experience that journey, experience that moment. Because by God, that dude deserves it. Maybe more than any player ever has in the history of college football. And look, I, I know that is hyperbole. That is exaggeration. I don't know because I'm not going to pretend to be a college football historian here. I don't know the history of every single team and every single player and every single Heisman Trophy ceremony. I don't know all of that. I don't go all the way back, right? But in my lifetime, I can only speak for what I've seen and what I've been aware of. In my adult conscious awareness, watching all this stuff very closely, I just cannot think of someone who deserves this moment, even if he doesn't win it, just the, the honor of being there. It's really hard for me, at least off the top of my head. I'm sure some of you will probably correct me here because you're smarter than me. As Forrest Gump so eloquently said, I'm not a smart man. I'm aware of that. I get that. But as far as my conscious adult awareness goes, I just can't really think of someone who deserves it more. And, you know, as a fan base, like I don't, I generally try not to speak for other people in this podcast. I don't like to to give off the impression that I'm speaking for the, the Georgia fan base because I'm not. I mean, I live in Athens, yes. I'm a huge Georgia guy. I run a Georgia podcast. Of course, all those things are true, but I don't interact with every single Georgia fan in the history of the world. I don't speak for everyone. 
But I, I and I'm not going to try to do that here, but just, you know, in, in my circle, in my world, what I experience, I sometimes feel like we as a fan base, and this isn't everyone, but just, you know, generally speaking, I sometimes feel like we don't, and I include myself in this, but I don't feel like we all the time appreciate what Stetson has done. Again, I include myself in this. I, I think that we are aware, obviously we know the story, of course we are aware of it, but I just don't always feel like we fully appreciate the story in its totality in the moment like when we're watching games like in the middle of a season because we are living in the moment and we all care so much if you listen to this show I know how much you care about Georgia football and how important it is to you and how invested you are that's why you're listening to this podcast right now and I love you for that but you know when 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 Stetson makes a poor throw which happens from time to time everybody does when he makes a poor decision which doesn't happen as often as it maybe once did, but it still happens occasionally. I know that we're so invested. We get frustrated. I mean, I was at the SEC Championship game on Saturday night, and there was that throw. Was I think it was a third down where we're trying to throw the ball out to Dylan Bell uh, on a little quick screen. It was probably going to be a first down, and Stetson kind of throws the ball in the dirt, right? Throws in the ground, and ball's incomplete. We got a punt, and I hear a couple guys behind me say, Jesus Christ, Stetson, or come on, Stetson, what's wrong with you, Stetson? Like, and that's okay. Like, we all live in the moment. I can't say that. I didn't get frustrated. I was like, come on, Stetson, you know, like, when you are this invested and you care this much, sometimes that gets in the way of you appreciating what you're seeing, the greatness that we have all witnessed with Stetson Bennett over the course of the past, what, two and a half years now. But I truly do believe, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, I don't know, but I truly believe this. And I I try to tell you guys what I really believe and be honest with you. I truly believe that Stetson's story in what we have all witnessed over the past two and a half years is historic. I, I truly believe that. I, I think it's one of those things that a lot of us will be sitting there telling grandkids, not me, because I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to have grandkids, but maybe uh, the, the people in my life. So, you know, I, I have some family members, some nieces that I'm very close with, and I love them dearly. Maybe their kids one day. I'll be sitting around telling them, and they'll be sitting there listening with bated breath while they marvel that you were there for that for that experience, for that moment in time, for that period of Georgia football. I mean, kind of how I do for people who got to see Herschel play. You know, I was born in 1985. Herschel did not play at Georgia in 1985. I never got to see the guy play. I've seen, I've seen clips. I've, I've heard people talk about him. I know the legend of Herschel Walker. How can you not know the legend of Herschel Walker growing up in this state? But I, I always had this like little sense of jealousy towards people who did get to experience. I kind of marvel at them, like, wow, like you were there for Herschel. Like you got to see him play. You were there for the 1980 National Championship. So I, I truly believe, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you know, grandkids, great-grandkids are going to be sitting there looking at a lot of us the same way. Like, you were there. You got to experience that. And they're going to experience that jealousy that I have for people who got to see Herschel play. And, and you know, as, as Stetson's career in the red and black winds down, and I hate to say that, man. I want to keep this, I want to see this guy keep playing for us forever. Maybe you guys don't, but I do. I love Stetson. Um, but I keep finding myself reflecting more and more on on what this guy has been able to accomplish. And it just truly blows me away. And look, if you've been listening to this show for any period of time, you know, I, I don't really try to hide it. I think it's pretty clear at this point. Uh, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for what a lot of people uh, derisively call tryhards right? You know, the guys without the insane God-given physical tools, they don't have the size, the speed, the athleticism, all those measurables, right? They don't have that kind of stuff. But the reality is you cannot control what you were given to work with. All you can control 
is what you do with what you've got. I'm not the first person to say that. I'm not the last person to say that. Kirby Smart talks about that all the time, but I, for a long time, even before Kirby became our head coach, I've been a believer in that. That's been kind of one of the ways I live my life. You control how hard you work. You control how hard you drive yourself. You control your attitude. You control your willingness to embrace and fight through adversity. You control your determination to never give in. You control your willingness to fight and fight and fight. I love me a fighter. I love those guys. And that is exactly what Stetson Bennett is. Now, I also would argue that Stetson is far more athletic and has a far better arm, has more arm talent than the average fan wants to give him credit for. I mean, the dude can do some freaky things, guys. He does it almost week in and week out. People just don't like to pay attention to it, I guess, or give him credit for it. But the, the reality is, sure, like he's not as physically gifted as Caleb Williams or CJ Stroud or heck, even Max Duggan. But what he has done is he's fought and he's never quit. And he's done everything he possibly could that was within his control to accomplish his dreams. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I mean, think about this, guys. Think about it. You know, you know, but just, just follow me here right now, right? Think about Stetson Bennett's journey to get to this point. So the dude comes out of Pierce County High School back in 2017 as a walk-on, right? And, you know, going into the Rose Bowl, he was a really fun back page side side story about, you know, him being a scout team quarterback during that Rose Bowl prep, you know, playing the role of Baker Mayfield and all all the, the starting defensive players come off the field talking about this guy. Coaches rave about him. Like, man, he's giving us one heck of a look. It's just a fun little side story that people kind of forgot about once the game kicked off, right? No one's thinking about it again. And then he transfers off to Jones Community College, tries to uh, to win a starting job. Like, he's convinced, I can do this. He has, He was truly convinced. No one else, like, literally no one else believed him. Maybe his mom, maybe his dad. But outside of that, I don't know if there's a person on planet Earth that believed that Stetson Bennett could be the starting quarterback for even even a really G5 team and certainly not a Power 5 team and certainly not a Power 5 team like Georgia who has national championship aspirations. So he goes to Jones Community College, balls out there, and what does he do? He plays so well, he earns himself a Power 5 scholarship back to Georgia of all places, his dream school where he's just dreaming his entire life of playing quarterback. And 
he turns out an offer to play for Louisiana, where he's almost, I don't want to say certainly going to be the starting quarterback, but he had a really good chance there. He turns that down for a chance to come back to Georgia, his dream school, with no promises, with nothing more than a dream and an extraordinary willingness to fight for that dream. And then you go into 2020 as a third-string quarterback. Circumstances conspire to get you in that first game against Arkansas where you promptly spark the offense immediately upon coming into the game and you lead a comeback victory on the road. Then you go ahead and you start the next five games during during COVID. You get knocked out of the Florida game. You lose your starting job. JT Daniels, the savior, comes in, right? And uh, he looks great the last couple weeks. The offense is hitting on a cylinder that it hadn't all season long. He handles it the right way. He was not a cancer. He did not pout. He supported his teammate. He supported the team and did what he was supposed to do. And he was a heck of a backup quarterback the rest of the season. But you know what? He didn't quit. He didn't transfer away after that. He kept fighting, even though he was an afterthought, guys. You know it. You know it. He was an afterthought to me. I'm, I'm not absolving myself here. Going into 2021, we were all up, we were all in on J.D. Daniels. Every single one of us, we were convinced after what we saw to end the 2020 season that J.T. was going to be the one to lead us to that elusive national title and get us back to that promised land. He was completely written off, not even in the conversation going into 2021. Was not getting a single rep with the number ones in practice. Hardly got any time at all at G-Day. And Kirby's response when asked about that, I remember the press conference, he was like, well, yeah, we know what Stetson can do. And it's like, mm, okay, well, Stetson's just, he's an afterthought to our head coach even. And then you have Carson Beck come out of fall camp last year, named the number two quarterback ahead of Stetson. But you know what? He didn't quit. He was pissed off. Kirby's made that clear. Yeah, he was pissed. He had some choice words for Kirby. Had some hard questions for Kirby. But he kept fighting. He fought more than what happens. JT goes down, right? And you would think, oh, here's here's Carson Beck. And you guys remember this. Remember how many people were flipping out, man, were pissed off that it was Stetson, that Kirby bypassed Carson Beck and went with Stetson Bennett? Do you guys remember that? I remember it vividly. Again, I run up Georgia Pockets. I get a lot of interaction with fans out there. I remember it vividly. And I and look, I myself was like, huh, man, this is like, why would, I was more upset with Kirby than like the decision to go with Stetson. My thing was like, well, why did you needlessly create controversy by publicly naming Carson Beck the number two quarterback? And then when the starter gets hurt, you go with your number three quarterback. Just say that Stetson was the number two or don't name a backup quarterback at all. Like no one said you had to do that. So I was more frustrated with Kirby and how he handled that than the decision. But he went with old reliable, right? He went with old reliable and Stetson gets his shot again. And then what does he do when he gets that shot again? He promptly throws five touchdowns in that game against UAB last year. And then the very next week he gets benched again when JT comes back. Is JT still the savior, right? But then JT gets another injury. God bless JT Daniels, man. Wish the best for this guy as he transfers yet again. But JT gets hurt again, and he gets another start in a top 10 matchup against Arkansas and really never looked back. And he did play poorly in the SEC Championship last year against Alabama. I mean, all of us were upset about upset about that. I mean, that was the point where I, I was supporting Stetson once he started playing in 2021, all the way up to the SEC Championship game. And even then, I was like, yeah, I got to look at this honestly and objectively. We saw what happened against Alabama. We're probably going to have to play them again if we want to win a national championship. We saw what happened with Stetson at quarterback. Do we need to go another direction? So I'm not absolving myself there. Like that, I, I had my doubts there after that game too. Like we were all like kind of just like we were scarred after that game, I think is the way to put it. But he made me a full-time permanent believer with the way that he performed in the postseason. Because after that SEC championship game, when you have basically the entire fan base calling for you to be replaced for over a month, he blocked it out. 
He ignored it. He used it. And he kept fighting. That's what he does. He is a fighter. And he came back. He won the Orange Bowl and the National Championship MVP coming off that very poor SC Championship performance. And oh yeah, let's let's not forget, led our team to our first national title in 41 freaking years. And then after the game, and almost the immediate aftermath, the very next morning when he's being interviewed by Reese Davis, when Reese is trying to corner Kirby and say, you know, asking about Stetson, like, you know, what is Stetson meant for this team? Like, what's going to be the, what's going to go on next year? You essentially have the head coach like refuse to outright say, oh yeah, like it's clearly his job. You say, you know, well, we'll see, you know, does some good things. We'll, we'll see what we'll, we'll, we'll visit that question later. He refuses to say it then. And so then you go into the offseason after you won a national title on the heels of that. Once again, with a large chunk of the fan base still convinced that you aren't the guy. Convinced that we won the national championship not because of you, but in spite of you. People are working themselves into a frenzy in the offseason that with the defense losing all those draft picks, all those first-round guys, that of course the offense has to pick up the slack and there's just no way that Stetson's up for the job. I mean, guys, look, I I remember vividly, I I have the receipts, man. I got the receipts. I'm not going to call anyone out because that's not what I'm about. I'm not going to put all that negativity out there on social media. We get things wrong. I run a podcast. I say a lot of things. I get some things wrong. I get it. It's okay. It's no big deal. Things happen. But I'm out there all last offseason, especially last summer, swinging my sword all over social media, defending him and getting ripped in the process. People tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm just a homer, that I that I can't look at things objectively. And what does Stetson do while all those people are doubting him? He's fighting. He's working. He's doing what Stetson Bennett does. And all he does is come out in week one on a big national stage against Oregon and play the best game of his life. I mean, guys, you remember week one against Oregon? The dude played almost a flawless game, and he leads us to another undefeated regular season, another SEC title, and finds himself in New York as a Heisman finalist. What Stetson Bennett has been able to do, guys, is historic. We have been and we are witnessing something that has never and I believe will never happen again the way that it's happened with Stetson Bennett, with this story. And a lot of fans, a lot of people out there have spent the vast majority of this historic run bashing the guy at every turn, just sitting there in the weeds waiting for him to make any mistake so they can pounce and proudly proclaim that, oh yeah, I was right all along. And I get it. You guys care. You're invested. You want what's best for Georgia. We all make predictions. I get things wrong a lot. It's okay. You know, that's what happens when you're when you're talking about college football. No one bats a thousand. I'm not trying to kill anyone for that. It's okay to be wrong. But I will also say at the same time, it's time to embrace that and also fully embrace Stetson Bennett and appreciate the moment. And I'm not quite done yet, guys. I got a few more things I want to say in regards to Stetson's chances to win the Heisman and why I think he absolutely, truly, a thousand percent deserves to be there. But before I do that, let me quickly remind you guys about our friends at my bookie. The bowl lines are up, and I am excited, guys. I love bowl season. I'm just going to tell you right now, I will have a bet on every single bowl game that is played, and I will watch every single one of them because this is the last taste of college football that we get for nine months, and I am going to 
enjoy and appreciate every single second. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to go crazy. You always got to gamble responsibly, but I will have at least some sort of bet on every single game, and there's no better place to enjoy bowl season than my bookie. Make sure you sign up for a new account today. Use that promo code UGA, guys, and get that bonus. Get that money, that free money put into your account up to $200 based on how much you deposit. It's a no-brainer, guys. Make sure. Sign up today. It is mybookie.ag. Use that promo code UGA and bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And while I've got your attention, let me also just go ahead and throw it all out here at once. Don't forget about our guys at Alumni Hall. The holidays, guys, they are here. I mean, we are in December. It is Christmas time. So if you missed out on Black Friday, no big deal. They're going to have a bunch of great deals leading all the way to Christmas. Just got to watch, guys. It'd be a great idea if you go ahead and sign up for their email notifications because they'll have a bunch of flash deals that you guys can jump in on, get 20 25% off depending on what they're offering. Maybe buy one, get one free. But if you're in the market for any Georgia fans out there, Alumni Hall is hands down the place to go. It's, it's just... There's no question about it. Alumni Hall has the best selection, the best gear, best accessories, best customer service, the best of everything. So make sure to do your Christmas shopping at Alumni Hall here in the Epsbridge Shopping Center in Athens or online at alumnihall.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, guys, let me get back up on my soapbox here. Step down just for a minute, stepping right back up to it. So now on to the question of whether or not Stetson Bennett deserves to be a Heisman finalist. And what does that even mean, deserves to be a Heisman finalist? That's a very uh, nebulous word, very ambiguous. And look, I know the haters have been out in full force claiming vociferously that Stetson does not deserve the Heisman Trophy. Tennessee fans primarily are the ones that have been going crazy about this because their boy... Hendon Hooker, at least in their minds, was snubbed in favor of Stetson Bennett. The way they look at it is that Stetson was the fourth one to get in, and that that means that he bumped Hendon Hooker out of the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And look, Hendon Hooker is a great player. From all accounts, seems like a great guy. I I do think that Hendon Hooker had a really good season, and if he was in New York, he would be deserving as well. I I have no issue saying that he probably deserves to be in New York, and he had a great season. But does he deserve it over Stetson Bennett? Why? Why, why would he deserve it over Stetson Bennett? Was he as good, as consistently in the biggest moments 
as Stetson Bennett was. One of the arguments that I saw that I had to kind of scoff at and laugh at a little bit was from uh, Wes Rucker. A lot of you probably know who that is. He's a 247 writer. He's on the, the Tennessee beat for 247. And he's fine. He likes to think he's a funny guy. Um, but Wes Rucker put something out there. I don't have it right here in front of me. But it's in, the gist of the tweet was, put Stetson Bennett on any other team that doesn't have the talent that we have here at Georgia around him and, then put, and do the same with Hendon Hooker. Who's going to be the better quarterback? Well, my retort to that, what kind of made me chuckle about it was, well, we've already seen that with Hendon Hooker, right? Like Hendon Hooker started his career at Virginia Tech and Hendon Hooker was average as freaking grits at Virginia Tech, guys. And he comes to Tennessee, all of a sudden now he's a magic man. Well, the reason he's been so good at Tennessee, look, Hendon Hooker's a good player. He's done a really nice job for them. But he was put into a plug and play system at Tennessee. That system is designed for quarterbacks to put up massive numbers. Anyone who goes into that system is going to put up big numbers. That's what they do. And then you also have a head coach who's hell-bent on running the score up on every team they play. So you leave the quarterback in longer. When you leave him in, you give him more and more opportunities to throw the ball down the field. Remember that Missouri game, guys, right after, right after they lost to us and they were trying to go for style points? They left Hooker in for a while. When he was in there, they were just still chucking the ball down the field, even though they were up 30, 40 points in that game. So I found that argument to be uh, especially specious and, and, and honestly comical because we've seen that. We have, we, we've seen... Hendon Hooker on another team with less talent than he had at Tennessee, and he wasn't good. There's a reason he transferred to Tennessee. He couldn't consistently hold on to that job at Virginia Tech, of all places. But in general, what the haters tend to point to is that the numbers are not there for Stetson Bennett, at least in their estimation. And it's funny to me also because a lot of the same people who, a lot of the people who are dismissing Stetson and are hating on him for this and saying he doesn't deserve it, a lot of them are the same people who just dismiss the Heisman in general on a year, yearly basis as just an award for the quarterback with the best stats on the best team. But now those same people, when a guy that might not have the overall numbers but checks so many of the other boxes of a great player is named a finalist. They freak out because they don't like the guy and because of a lingering narrative about him and, and our offense. And maybe they don't like Georgia and they're jealous of Georgia. So he does, it's, you know, it's okay if a guy that doesn't have the best numbers wins it or gets a, or gets a chance to come to New York. It just, it's not okay that it's this guy. We, we think it should be our guy and not him. So it is what it is, whatever. Like, you know what? Deal with it, guys. Stetson's going. That's just the, that's reality. That's, just, that's the world that we live in. But let's really look at what the Heisman Trophy criteria is and what this award is supposed to be about, right? So if you look at the Heisman Trophy criteria and their mission as written on their website by the Heisman Trophy Trust, in their very own words, the Heisman Trophy is for the player with, quote, outstanding performance, which best exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity. Winners epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Okay, stay with me for a second. Let's break that down. All right, the first part here, outstanding performance. And I guess if you're trying to read into it, this is where you can maybe insert statistics into the measure. And if you want to do that, okay. Well, Oregon, 25 of 31, 368, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, outside of rushing touchdown in that game. South Carolina, 16-23, 284, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, running touchdown in that game as well. Let's go to another big game here. Tennessee, 17-25, 257, two touchdowns, no picks. Had a touchdown on the ground in that game as well. And that's with you know about halfway through the third quarter, we stopped even remotely trying to throw the football. Let's go to the LSU game, SEC Championship, another fantastic game. 23-29, 275, four touchdowns, no picks. And again, basically, we didn't even really try to throw the football after midway through the third quarter in that game as well. 
So outstanding performance, check. Okay, next up, exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity. Pursuit of excellence, there's no one that epitomizes that more in college football than Stetson Bennett. The way this guy has doggedly pursued excellence and the way that he has essentially spearheaded back-to-back undefeated regular seasons, if that's not excellence, I don't know what is. Check. And then finally, combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Do I even need to address this one? There has, again, in my opinion, going back to what I said at the outside of the show, I cannot think of a greater example of diligence, perseverance, and hard work in the history of college football with what this guy has done, going from walk-on status to national champion to now Heisman Trophy finalist, back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. Has there been a greater example of that that has gotten to this point, to these heights, with these kind of stakes? I honestly, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's someone out there, but Stetson's at the very least way, way, way up there and personifies diligence, perseverance, and hard work. Check. Now, conspicuously absent from the criteria mission statement of the Heisman Trophy Trust is any direct mention of numbers or metrics. But you know what? Even if it was, even if it was expressly stated, Stetson Bennett, if you want to be objective about things and look deeper than just the raw basic numbers, is actually right there. You know, one of the things you hear about a lot with the Heisman Trophy is, you know, you got to look for that Heisman moment. Who has that Heisman moment, right? Well, honestly, I don't know if any of the of the finalists this year have had that true 100% Heisman moment. I know every game that you watch USC play, every single play that Caleb Williams makes, the announcer saying, was that his Heisman moment? Was that his Heisman moment? Oh, are you looking for a Heisman moment? I mean, they're trying to already give the award. That guy, again, he's probably going to win it. Well, whatever. But if you're talking about Heisman moments, I mean, how about these stats for Stetson Bennett? I'm sure most of you have have already come across these, but just in case you have not, they've been making their rounds on social media. I don't know exactly where they came from, who was the first one to put them out there, so I can't give credit to it, but somebody out there on social media. If you look at Stetson's games against AP Top 25, and these are end-of-season ranks. It's not when we played them. We played other teams that were in the Top 25 when we played them. This is at the end of the season. Right now, AP Top 25 teams. We had five games as AP Top 25 teams. In those five games, Stetson Bennett completed 73.1% of his passes for 1,472 yards, 13 touchdowns to two interceptions, had a QBR of 185 point, a quarterback rating, I should say, of 185.21, and had four rushing touchdowns in those games. There is no other player in the final group, in the in as a Heisman Trophy finalist, who put up a better completion percentage of Stetson Bennett, no quarterback threw for more touchdowns to Stetson Bennett, and no quarterback had a higher QBR or rushed for more touchdowns than Stetson Bennett did in those five games against the best teams that we played. So in the absence of a, of a player who had a true like Heisman moment in a, in a massive game, we're like, oh, that is the moment where everyone can identify. Well, what can you fall back on? I think you can fall back on this. Against the best competition, in the biggest moments, when the lights were at their brightest, when the attention was there from across the country, on the biggest of stages, Stetson Bennett played his best football. Now, does Stetson Bennett have some have some kind of duds of games at times? Sure, at times, at least statistically, because that is what our offense does. Our offense is built around taking what the defense gives us, and Stetson is unselfish in that regard. He doesn't pout when he doesn't get to put up his freaking numbers. He doesn't pout when he gets taken out of the game against the, uh, the baby seals. He doesn't get to pad his stats. But when we needed Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett was there. Stetson Bennett stepped to the plate and played his best football in the biggest moments. To me, that 
can all be put together and categorized as a Heisman moment. And then there's this too, going back to the numbers again, right? So people say, oh, Stetson just doesn't have the numbers. Well, actually he's thrown for the second most passing yards of any of the four Heisman finalists. The only one that's thrown for more than him is Caleb Williams. And that's by virtue of the offense that he plays in, right? With Lincoln Riley's form of the air raid. But I got to give Seth Emerson some credit here. This is some digging, man. This is a great number, right? So Seth Emerson, fantastic beat writer for The Athletic. According to Seth, Stetson has thrown for 3,104 passing yards in the first three quarters of football games this year. He's only thrown for 321 yards in the fourth quarter all season long. Why is that? That's because we're Georgia and we beat the hell out of teams and we don't risk our quarterback. And even when he's in the game in the, four, in, you know, the third quarter, early fourth quarter potentially, we're just icing the ball. We're just icing the game. Look at Tennessee. Like We got out big in that game. Stetson could have thrown for 400 yards against that Tennessee defense. If it didn't start raining, if we didn't just start sitting on the ball, easily could have. Same thing against uh, against August. Stetson could have probably thrown for 500 and maybe six or seven touchdowns in that game. Easily. But that's not our philosophy. That's not what we do. And Stetson's a team guy. Stetson's a team player. He understands his role. He understands what he's asked to do. And that should not be held against him. So again, if you look beyond just the, the the basic numbers, you can you you would see these things, but you just have to have a willingness to be open minded and do that. But unfortunately, we have a lot of lazy voters who don't look at those kinds of things. In Stetson's defense, I would also say that he is the only one of the four finalists who won a conference title. I think that matters. You're talking about greatest, talking about the Heisman Trophy, talking about a Heisman moment when no one else really has those moments. Is that not something? Does that not matter? And look, guys, I know. I know I'm making the case here, but Stetson's not going to win. I'm under no illusion. Stetson is not going to win this award. Um, I think largely because the narrative is still too pervasive about him as a walk-on and our offense in general. And I still think there's just too many voters who are football novices, to be entirely honest with you, that just don't understand football well enough to judge it from any other perspective or standpoint other than who has the best numbers and are just too lazy to challenge their preconceived notions. But saying that, I, I also didn't think he'd even get this far. I didn't think, you know, a week ago, I would, I, if you would have said he's going to be in, in New York, I'd have been like, eh, I guess they're like, maybe it's not impossible, but like, no, that's not going to happen. So I didn't think he would get this far and I was wrong. So who knows, guys, maybe, possibly, hopefully I'll be wrong again. But what I do know is this, whatever happens on Saturday night, Stetson Bennett is a winner. Stetson Bennett is an absolute legend. Herschel, then Stetson in my book. Hell, Stetson's resume might even end up being better than Herschel's. We'll see. A lot left to be played out, but like, there's a chance that it could be. And you know what we've done, guys, is I know we have all spent the past two years watching the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. Aaron Murray said that following the SEC championship. I said it going back like it might have been preseason, early in the season, sometime you know, a couple months ago. I'd already felt that way after the national championship game. And at this point, like it's a done deal. I love Aaron Murray. I love David Green. I love DJ Shockley. I love all those guys. They're not Stetson Bennett in terms of what he's accomplished. Aaron said it right. He said it very eloquently. It's not always about numbers. It's Stetson's put up good numbers, by the way. But you are brought in here as a quarterback to win, to win football games, to win championships. Those other guys, you know, David got a, an SEC title, DJ got an SEC title, but none of them won national titles. None of them got that job done. I know it's not just Stetson. I understand it's not just Stetson, but Stetson's been a big part of that. And in spite of what a lot of people think, we are not winning in spite of Stetson. Stetson is a big part of why we are winning football games, especially this year. And I also know that we are all lucky to have had the opportunity to watch this greatness play out in real time. I know I feel fortunate. 
And uh, I'll step off my soapbox again here. Now all of you Stetson haters can flame away. Do your worst. It's okay. You can disagree. That's fine. Do your worst. But you are not going to take away my excitement and my genuine happiness for Stetson Bennett. And even if you don't care about Stetson and you think I'm going overboard, consider what this does for our program. I know that we are an elite program. I know that we are viewed like that on the national stage at this point. But there's also still a lot of negative recruiting that goes on when it comes to us guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, receivers, especially quarterbacks as well. This is the ultimate counter to negative recruiting. I guess the ultimate counter would be Stetson winning it, but this is like the next step, like just just underneath that, right? So now when teams try negative negatively recruit against our offense and our system and what we do, we have this card in our back pocket and say, oh yeah, well, you know, they might say that, but our quarterback just got invited to New York City as a Heisman Trophy finalist. So from a program perspective, this is huge as well. It's not just a Stetson thing. I'm so stoked for Stetson, but I'm very happy for our program as well. I mean, my life, I mean, I guess in 1992, but what was I, uh, seven years old, wasn't really fully aware of what was going on in 1992 when it came to college football. So this is the first I was really happy when I've been like, dialed in to Georgia football. So I'm excited, guys. I, I know it's it's just one little thing, and we got bigger things ahead of us as a team. We want to win another national championship. That is that is more important, but doesn't mean I'm not excited for Stetson. It doesn't mean I'm not excited for our program. So that's what I got for you today, guys. Just want to come on here and, um, and talk about that a little bit. I just want to share those thoughts and those feelings with you guys. But Charlie will be back with me later this week. I'm not forgetting about the questions. Mailbag is happening. And uh, now you have a little bit more time. If you have some questions, you haven't sent them in yet, and you thought maybe you missed out on your chance, keep on sending those in. You can hit us up on uh, Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram as well. But thank you for listening to me, guys. Thank you for allowing me to jump on my step box and wax poetic about our quarterback. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.